Trump, unfiltered, today on The World. I'm Marco Werman. President-elect Trump is known for his off-the-cuff communication style that could become a foreign policy problem once he's in office, unless he starts paying attention to career diplomats. These are very talented people. They'll be loyal to him. They'll want him to succeed, but he's going to have to listen to them. Also today, Pat Fornes' father was a launch officer during the Cuban Missile Crisis. That inspired her to follow in his footsteps. Watching Dad, I knew I, uh, with hard work, I could make that happen. Find out if she did. Plus, Gabriel Garcia Marquez let Fidel Castro edit his writing. And if a passage involved a gun, Castro would say... Well, no, that's impossible because that type of gun wouldn't be used in that way. Those stories today here on The World. Thank you for being with us. A lot to get to this Friday, everything from post-election surprises in the Gambia to the enduring friendship between Colombian writer Gabriel Garcia Marquez and the late Fidel Castro. And we start with Castro today, revisiting some Cold War history in which he played a major role. Fifty-four years ago, during the Cuban Missile Crisis, the United States came closer to nuclear war than it ever has. The U.S. threw up a steel fence prepared to stop any vessel carrying materials of war. Cuba became the focus of world attention. Here centered the most critical threat of global war since the surrender of Germany 17 years ago. For 13 days in October 1962, Soviet and American missiles were on high alert, ready to launch on a moment's notice, just waiting for orders from Khrushchev and Kennedy. We wanted to look back at that time through the eyes of men and women who saw America's nuclear forces evolve. The world's Daniel Gross has our story. When Joe Andrew was a kid, he loved learning about rockets. I knew about almost every rocket that the United States had at the time. We were hot in the late 50s to get into space because Sputnik, you know, was up there. Oh, oh, that was just a crushing blow to young fellows like me because we had to keep up with those Russians. Andrew's imagination may have been in outer space, but the world around him had more immediate concerns. We knew that if if you saw a big flash, don't look at it because it would burn your eyes. We had heard about atom bombs ever since I was about five years old. I remember very well as a youngster seeing pictures of the first H-bomb. Andrew is a retired chief master sergeant in the U.S. Air Force, and his childhood interests served him well. In 1959, he started a decades-long career as a missileer, which is what insiders call people who work with nuclear weapons. Somehow it didn't faze him that his job was part of a showdown between two superpowers. It was something that was just a part of life. It was like the traffic's bad on I-93. They had crises about every two months or so, and then, and then things would get tense. In 1962, a different scale of crisis began. Andrew was in Montana working with Minuteman missiles at Malmstrom Air Force Base. So imagine, he learns on the news that the Soviet Union was installing nuclear missiles in Cuba, just 90 miles south of Miami. I go to bed at night now with the president's words ringing in my ears, and I'm thinking, you know, I don't know. This is like in the science fiction stories. I don't know what the world's going to be like when I wake up in the morning. As a missileer, Andrew was put on six-ring alert. This meant that even in the middle of the night, he had to be ready to pick up the phone within six rings. 
He was determined that if the call came, he'd be ready. My first feeling on the next morning was relief that I woke up in bed and was able to shave, put on your uniform. Andrew drove to work while it was still dark and arrived at an Air Force hangar. To his surprise, it was empty. There weren't any airplanes out there. Now, on a normal day, there were hundreds of airplanes. The planes have all dispersed. They didn't want the planes to be all in one spot in case a nuclear weapon landed there and destroyed Malmstrom. Uh, It was like, wait a minute, everyone left and we're still here. It was time for the missileers to get to work. It was just the sun coming up, utter silence on the base. They loaded us up with the warhead in our trailer truck, and we trucked it out to the missile site we were assigned to. You actually drove in the the back of your truck. You actually had a warhead. You bet. And you were just driving it around.